Playback TV this Friday. The best weekend in the NBA has finally arrived, which is All-Star Weekend. And I will be covering the Rising Stars Challenge. We have three games of the forward to where we will watch the best rookies and the best sophomores be able to take place in this event. So be sure to tune in. It's going to be a fun matchup watching a lot of these young players compete. I'll be talking about all three games itself, as well as other topics revolving basketball. Be sure to tune in. I will leave a link in the description. Now, without further ado, let's dive into the episode. For the love of the game, this is your one and only Nick Andre. Appreciate you guys tuning in. I got some very special guests with me. Y'all heard them before, man. They were on one of the one of the earlier episodes that came out this past summer, and they back once again. We about to talk some NBA talk, man. I got the Hoopers, man. I got Dub, and I got Fresh. What's going on with your bros, man? Cool. What's good, bro? What's going on, man? man it's been a minute. Much. Been a minute, man. Glad to have you back on. But first and foremost, bro, happy belated birthday to my guy, Fresh, man. How's it feel, dog? I appreciate it. Another another year getting older, thirty four now. So it's it's good. It's right. it's it's cool. I'm loving it. <laughs> right. No, it's funny. You know, it's funny. I saw I saw on the timeline you got the same birthday as uh, Kelly Rowland, bro. That's really funny. <laughs> <You> already know. <laughs> Look, yeah, same birthday as Kelly Rowland is the day that Baduism dropped. So it's a great day. Word. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah. That's that's legendary. That's legendary right there, man. Nah, shout out to that man. Shout out to that show, man. But before we dive into the who's man, let me ask y'all, man, because you know Atlanta's been on on the scene as of recent. You know, obviously we all know the awesome Atlanta brethren, man. Obviously with the Super Bowl going down, you know, with Usher and everything, man. How'd y'all feel about that when that went down? You want to take this? You want to go? The, look, the the whole thing was was crazy because everybody was anticipating, really just watching Usher like. We, we had a little family thing going on, and they didn't even care about the Super Bowl. They were just waiting on Usher. And that was that was me. I ain't going to lie. I was <laughs> a, bunch, a bunch of women. But people, people were so hyped when, like, even just somebody like Ludacris came out there. And I was like, this is, like, so Atlanta. It was the, it was the halftime show we were supposed to have when the Super Bowl was here. No, that's a fact. That's definitely a fact, man. But I mean, it was dope to me. I think. I mean, I'm. I ain't gonna go that far and say it was the best. I think there's a lot of other ones that you can consider, but I'll probably consider it one of my personal favorites. You know what I'm saying? But it's all. It's all about you know what the purpose is. I thought it was pretty cool for the most part. Yeah, it definitely was one of the best Super Bowl uh, performances of all time. Like top five, easy. Like you got to go. MJ Prince, like. Stuff like that. Beyonce nah, when it's up there with that. Nah, yeah, sure. Well, that dude MJ was up there for like two, three minutes, just stood there. Halftime show came to be right, like how it started. So I, I don't before, even know the year before MJ performed. He was the very first Super Bowl halftime show. In Living Color did a halftime show, mm-hmm. and it got it. Think it drew a bigger audience than the Super Bowl did all together. So they was like, all right, we got to do this. So shout out to the Wayne brothers for inventing the Super Bowl halftime show. Right. Black culture, man. Black culture, man. You learn something new every day, man. We got to make that part of Black History Month. No, sure. right. <laughs> I, I, I'll be real. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know how it really came out. I just found that out like at the end of last year sometime. 
Now that's crazy now, but kudos to that man. Black people invent everything. Exactly, bro. But now congrats to Usher, man. It was a dope halftime show, man. And they saying next year Wayne gonna take over, bro. I'm hoping I'm hoping that Wayne takes over, but we'll see. I think Wayne definitely he he got to be a part of it somehow. Really, the whole cash money situation got to be a part of it somehow. Exactly. But uh, bait, bait, well, they, the younger people know him as Birdman. Birdman and Jay-Z, they got a relationship. So I think something's going to definitely come together with not just Wayne, but to represent for New Orleans, you got to have Juvenile there too. Like, the whole Hot Boys. Yeah. Big Thomas, Hot Boys, all that. You got to have all yeah. that, man. Got to make it happen. So New Orleans Super Bowl is going to be – it's definitely gonna be big do, culture. They should do yeah. a double time Super Bowl, halftime Super Bowl show because it wouldn't be fair. I know at this moment in time, Lil Wayne is the bigger artist, but it wouldn't be fair to have a halftime Super Bowl show without no limit. So you world. gotta have no limit yeah, too. That's why I just said it's gonna be I big culture. That. I feel that. Now they gotta make all that happen. I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up too because no, nah, I mean like no limit. That's definitely a big part of the culture, especially coming from New Orleans. So I, I would love to see it, man. I would love to see how they could. Possibly try to combine that that cash money no limit no thing you know during the halftime. I think that'd be dope, especially for hip hop. Yeah, yeah, that'd be dope. We gotta talk to currency, man. You only want for both. Oh parents. yeah, got to. <laughs> definitely got to. <laughs> definitely got to, man. But now let's go ahead and dive into some hoops, man. Um, first, we're gonna start with the NBA trade deadline. Uh, a lot of transactions. I don't want to say there was a lot of big transactions, but you know, a lot of a lot of good moves. You know, for for a lot of contending teams, you know, continue to elevate, man. So. What was y'all's favorite part of the uh, of the trade deadline? Um, Dallas keeps adding and giving Luca help every year. I think I've been wanting somebody to get Daniel Gafford, a contender to get Daniel Gafford like the last two or three years. The run protector, vertical lob threat, runs the floor well. And then you get P.J. Washington as well, who's a younger, upgraded version of Grant Williams. Better offensively, Grant Williams probably – Probably was a little better defensively, but he's in foul trouble all the time. And this is probably the best set of teammates Lucas had the whole time he's been in Dallas, to tell the truth. Um, Buddy Hill to Philly, Indiana, and Buddy both got what they wanted in the trade. I think this is the I was man first talking about the last episode on our last episode of Hooper's Pod. This is probably the best shooter they've had since JJ Reddick in those early years with MB. So I think Philly got really good. Um, those are probably the two standout trades to me, honestly, though. Yeah, I I basically agree. Like I like what Dallas did. It's it's funny because um it's been this big thing here about about Trey, Trey Young, because we all know that Trey Young and was traded for Luca um on draft day or whatever, but you see the vast difference in how Dallas, even if it don't work, they keep trying to put stuff around Luka. Whether it works or not, they, they're trying. And here, it, it talks about if Atlanta's going to trade, trade. You don't even want to hear what they talk about on talk radio. <laughs> but, so I, I like what Dallas did because Daniel Gafford, I mean, his first game, 19-9 and with them. P.J. Washington, it, he's going to help them out a lot. So I like what Dallas did the most. And – um. I agree with the Buddy Hill thing. Also, it, we'll really see how it looks when Embiid eventually comes back. But Buddy Hill definitely help, helps there. And um wasn't a trade, but Philly picking up Kyle Lowry, I think, helps too. Because it was funny. When, when they traded Pat Bell for campaign, campaign. I was like, why, did, why would they do that? Like, it didn't seem to make sense. But 
you're not going to play Kyle Lowry and Pat Beverly. So they clearly knew that that's true, Kyle yeah. was on the way. So I like them getting him on that on that buyout market uh, real quick. Now, I'll, I'll say this. I, I definitely believe that Dallas won the trade deadline, in my opinion. I know that they didn't get, like, a lot of, like, like any all-stars or anything. But when you yeah. talk about getting a guy like Daniel Gaffer, who's shown himself in Washington being a great rim protector, being a great scorer inside, I think that was really big. Uh, P.J. Washington – um, he's a guy who could play multiple multiple positions on the floor. You know, he could play a small ball five. You know, he could space the floor and knock down three-point shots. Uh, yeah. I know a lot of people, you know, were upset about it because, I mean, I, I know a lot of people, you know, they're fans, they're fans of Grant Williams and everything, but I think it's an upgrade personally, especially for Williams Dallas. Grant Williams. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so I mean, I, I definitely I definitely agree with you, Fresh. I mean, I think I think Dallas continuing to add the right pieces around Luka is definitely big. You know, obviously last year, you know, them acquiring Kyrie was big, and now – now you get these other few pieces, you know, that's really dope as well. I really love the center position that they got because, you know, Derek Lively playing great for them, you know, throughout this year, especially as a rookie. Now you got Daniel Gabbert, who's who's a little more seasoned. So now I I, I haven't watched any Dallas games since. I don't know who's going to be who, – I don't, I don't know who's going to be that starting big between him and um, um, him and Derek Lively. But either way it is, you know, I think I think that big man position is definitely secure. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a good, it's a good problem to have. They got two – Starting quality centers on their team, like right. Neither one of them is gonna get burnt out, and you don't have to play Dwight Powell as many minutes anymore. Either. Facts. So that's right. a, that's definitely a plus. Right. Yeah, that's the fact for sure. But uh, how'd y'all feel about New York's trade? Because they ended up getting a guy like Bogdanovich, and uh, they got Alec Burst, who I think you know in their first few games have been playing really well. I wasn't necessarily a fan of getting rid of Quinn Grounds. I'm I'm such a big fan of him, but I but I could understand, especially with the Knicks being or trying to compete for a title at this stage. So you know, so how did I feel about New York's uh, trade deadline? I like them adding Bogdanovich because he he's played some in the playoffs. You know that he can score, he can shoot, he can get his own bucket, but he can also catch and shoot. Um, Alec Burke is familiar to Tibbs. Outside of that, I don't really love Alec Burke going there. <laughs> I, uh, but I really like them getting Bogdanovich. Honestly, the Knicks are like the Knicks have been making some moves, and their team yeah. looks for real. Like they they look like they could make a real run at the conference finals this year. If I mean, if you can get to the conference finals, why not make it all the way too? So, no, no. So I definitely like them um, picking up Bogdanovich, and just I guess overall, not even just the pieces they got, but realistically, they gave up minimum exactly things right. in return. Um, Detroit was asking for two first round picks for Bogdanovich last year. They gave him two second round picks. At this point, and Bogdanovich, the way OG's been playing, the way everybody, the way everybody's in the backcourt and on the wings been playing, Quentin Grimes is a player who's dispensable right now. Maybe he go catch his footing in Detroit and he continues to build his career. But I think Tibbs has the right type of players. Not the right type of players, but the players that he liked where Quentin Grimes minutes were going to slowly decline game by game and you don't really want them questions of if he healthy why he's not playing because like man we're trying to win championship like, right. like say they can get to the conference finals they get to the championship so Quentin Grimes is just a player that didn't Quentin Grimes was a good player when the team was trying to figure out what they were doing are we going with a bunch of young players and we're gonna let them grow or do we think we're a playoff team that can compete for something and after the trades they made getting OG like say in Bogdanovich I wish they would get another big man while Mitch Robson's going to miss a lot more time, like, to help replace that. But they're looking for a team, like, we're trying to win more than one playoff series this year. And right. Quinn Grimes just don't fit in that. And uh, you, you can see that they're, they're <clears throat> going more to win now because 
they've gotten off of all of their young players pretty much. Yeah. R- RJ's gone. Quick is gone. Top Topping is gone. Ones that feel there is a McBride McBride and yeah, Disney Bride, yeah, Derek Sims, yeah. I mean that that that's a that's a good point. Um, and I'll be real, I like after the OG trade and everything, I didn't I didn't think the Knicks were gonna make any moves, you know, during the deadline. So that's true. Yeah, you I know, agree. they like they're really showing that that they're trying to compete for titles now. I mean, which is I mean, which is which is accurate just because of how well Jalen Brunson is playing. You know, obviously Julius Randle, he's been playing well as well. So. And I, I agree. I think New York is. I think New York is really in contention to at least make the conference finals. I remember tweeting this probably about a couple of weeks ago. So, I think that they could definitely make it happen. You know, this is probably their best chance that they've had in God knows how long. I don't know, probably since the mellow days or whoever. But you know, I think, yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely believe. I, mean, I, I like all the trades. Um, Bogdanovich is a big piece. Um, they found a way to get rid of Evan, Evan, uh, Evan Fournier, which I'm sure right. Nick fans are definitely happy about because I mean he's been. You know, it, it was like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, that that whole situation was just a, a was just really a, a disaster to say the least. But now you got key vets who you know who I believe can't fit well in um, Tom Thibodeau's um, system. You know, y'all talked about Alec Burks. You know, him being familiar him being him being familiar with that system. So I'm I'm a fan of it, man. I'm really a big fan of it, man. Um, New York just continues to improve throughout the season, and I mean that that's a good point too because they they did get rid of a lot of their young guys and. It seemed like they're acquiring a lot of key veterans. Um, uh, let me ask you this real quick because I don't know if y'all watched the game, but I went back and watched it, like watched the whole game today. Uh, the Rockets and the Knicks had played last night, and it was like kind of a controversial ending where Jalen Brunson had fouled. I can't remember who, who, who exactly he fouled, but how did y'all feel about the play if y'all saw it? Uh, I didn't even, I didn't have a chance to even go do a look back. You gonna see it? Yeah. Now you ain't seen it yet. Yeah, I been on Twitter to see it honestly. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I've just been seeing people talk about the ending, but I I didn't I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it's it's a it's a whole controversial thing, you know, towards the end. I, I can't remember who shot the ball for the Rockets, but I don't know. I don't know why it's not coming off the top of my head, but uh but yeah, he ended up shooting the shot and then or he ended up shooting a three-pointer and you know the refs ended up calling a call that Jalen Brunson fouled him. And then it then it was reported today that I think the Knicks are trying to trying to dispute that. Or like trying to like, oh, wow. they gonna yeah. yeah, something like yeah. that. It was weird, but I mean, we'll just see how it goes, man. But like I say, you know, I'm a fan of the Knicks, you know, making these moves, you know, throughout not even just during the trade li- deadline, but for like the last month or so as well. So another big trade, or I want to say a big trade, or another key um, trade that happened was Gordon Hayward going to OKC. Obviously, you know, a key veteran who you know who had to get out of Charlotte. Um, his contract is very, very hefty to say the least. You know, that's that's an MJ thing. But how do y'all feel about his contributions to OKC, especially being a uh, being a key vet? Yeah, I I kind of I actually really like that move. I like it for Charlotte. Also, you can tell Charlotte is trying to open up that wing uh, space for Brandon Miller, um, getting off of Rozier and now moving on for Gordon Hayward. Um, but I like I like Gordon going to OKC because OKC like they have everything except for like some veteran leadership and. Not that, you know, Gordon Hayward is who comes to mind when you think of veteran leadership, but as a guy that's been in the league, been an all-star, uh, been in the playoffs, um, he can he's still having a really productive year, so he's gonna he's gonna really help them out. So I thought that was a good move for them because I think he's gonna be somebody you can rely on in the playoffs where some of the young players they still gotta prove themselves, so you never know who's going to show up and who's not going to show up. I think you know what he's going to do every night uh, in the playoffs, giving you 
14 to 20 points if, it, if he's having a big night, um, good catch and shoot, and even maybe a little bit of facilitating. I thought it was a, a savvy move uh, by Sam Presley, for real. It was a solid pickup. No, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and usually, like, when you see teams like OKC get pick up a player like Gordon Hayward, they're not necessarily in a position to be good. So it's like, oh, he's going to get the buyout. But OKC has a chance, you know, tied for first place, you know, top three record in the West, have a chance to go to, you know, make a run to the NBA Finals. And with the team that this young, led by Chet, um, SGA, players like that, Jalen Williams, they need at least one vet who can kind of, like I said, just being an NBA, like, if nothing else, Gordon Hayward is a professional basketball player. I know, like, all the offensive, but if nothing else, you know how to be a pro. He's going to, like Fresh was saying, he's going to understand how to approach playoff games. Um, those tough moments, fourth quarter, he's going to be there to, as a voice of, like, Shay, you got this. Like, calm down, bro. Like, that's literally what Gordon Hayward is there while providing, say, 14, 15, 16 points off the bench, maybe some spot starter minutes, um, at the, you know, close to the end of the regular season. But that was actually a good move. Um, they didn't have to give up a, a, a bunch for him. You know, shout out to Trey Mann, who's – Probably gonna get us a, a lot of playing time in Charlotte behind another like move, but they didn't really have to give up much for him. And like I say, Gordon Hayward is still a solid contributing NBA wing right now at this moment. Honestly, I'm trying to think now, like who was who was really OKC's vet before Hayward got there? Was it Lou Dort? Nobody. Like, I'm trying Shea, to think. Yeah, Shea, 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 Lou Dort, and um, those have been their older play. Those have been their older uh-huh. two players. That's that's crazy to think. I mean, yeah. and, and and it's impressive too. I mean, to you know, to consider you know not really that's having cool. key vets and still being like one of the top seeds in the Western Conference. I mean, I think that's really big. So, right. but no, I mean, I, I like it a lot. Um, Gordon Hayward, obviously, he's well past the prime of his career, but he's still shown that you know he could be a great producer. He's still basically giving you fourteen tonight. So yeah, you know, you know, yeah. I mean, so yes, yeah, so, I mean, I mean, it's decent. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I didn't think he ever played bad in Charlotte. I just think that you know with the whole situation there and that team not really having a window as far as, you know, what direction they want to go. So I think now him being in a, being in a new situation where this team does have an opportunity to compete for, you know, potentially championship. I mean, I think it's big, but, uh, but I don't know. I like it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the trade for them. Uh, so I got to ask you guys, since we on the OKC topic, you know, y'all been my dogs for a minute and I know that y'all, at least, you know, in recent years, I ain't been too high on uh, SGA, but, I think SGA should be higher in MVP conversation. Honestly, like, I think I think he's gonna win it. As crazy as that sounds, I think he's gonna win it. He he should he should be he should be like I think it's just easy to go. Which he's having a great year, and so was Embiid before he got hurt. But the conversation just was getting lazy with it just being those two and people picking their MVP so early. But at this point in the season. OKC has been top three all year. He's averaging 30. He leads the league in steals. Um, so he really should be in some all deep. Like, he should at least be all defense second team. Like, he should be in some MVP, in some MVP conversations. I'm, I totally bought on with Shea. Um, I think he, he's a real deal. Like, he's probably between him and Luka. Me and one of our homies were just talking. He's probably, like, the best combo guard in the league right now. Him or Luca take your choice as far as combo sure. guards go, sure. but yeah, say what, what Shea is doing and, and leading the team, and how he's leading them to wins and his efficiency, the leadership, and they they trust him on the court like they 
they think they're gonna win because they believe in him. Honestly, so yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm high on Shay right now for sure. No, yes, I ain't, I definitely believe that Shay should be getting some MVP talks. Should be top two, not top three MVP race. My whole thing with Shay, and this is my whole thing with a lot of players, especially young players, and not necessarily young players, but how players get evaluated, whether that's a uh, mainstream media, independent independent media. Members, uh, media members, or just NBA Twitter, like let's give these players a chance to grow into that. People be pole riders, man. They that, give them too much too quick. That Pause. is well. That is well. So it's like <laughs> you can't. My my whole thing is you give me these expectations of what this is, what this player is gonna be, and he doesn't become that. Like whether that's close to or you know not close to, you can't get mad if I say, well, he isn't all that. Whereas if you know SGA, I'm getting all the credit in the world. Before I continue this rant, give him all the credit in the world. He's an amazing player, having a great season, following a great season the year before. Um, but I just want to see it sometimes because I feel paused. Like, whoa, my bad. <laughs> yeah, <I just> <laughs> like, if we're just going off potential, like anybody, like most young players drafted top 10, top 13, whatever, have the potential to be great players. So let's just, let's just let those players grow into – these great players because if they don't can't get mad if I say they ain't it. Right. And I think what's helped him a lot though is pl- playing over the summer, how he's been carrying Canada because he's had he's had to be the face that of that team. And they aren't just out there playing like the Can- uh, Canadian national team. They're competing. They're winning some games. People think that they're going medal in this next Olympics. Like they have a good chance to with the roster, but it's mainly because Shea has led them in. You can see him taking that work and that leadership of that team and bringing it to the NBA with him. Yeah. Now that you mention it, bro, Canada, Canada got a pretty good squad. I mean, got a chance to middle. RJ, RJ. players don't even be playing. Exactly. Jamal Murray didn't play last Jamal, year. That's uh, a good. That's a good one. Wiggins didn't play last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody else didn't play that would be like a real key piece for them as well. But they, have I'm sure they'll be there in 2024. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure they're gonna be there this summer. This, this will be their year to medal. They got a chance to medal. Like they got a legit chance to medal. And all their players are young enough. They actually have a chance to go on a run at the Olympics. Like probably could sneak into a gold medal game and get silver. Facts. I definitely believe that it could happen. But but back to SGA. Like I'll say right now. Like at least my MVP. Like rankings, or I wouldn't say rankings. That's you know people that I think that have a chance to win it. Definitely SGA, obviously Jokic, and I don't know if I want to say Luca in there. I'll probably put Luca in there, but those are probably my three favorite right now. I could throw Jason Tatum in there. Uh, I don't know about Giannis. I mean, Giannis has been good, but Milwaukee's just I don't know. Milwaukee's <laughs> been in like a weird position. Like I mean, they still win, but. I don't think they're really in like true contention like that. I mean, that's just no, not fair. I don't that. I don't that. Yeah, but now I want to say this before you move on to your next topic because right. I feel like this is these are two other players who deserve that same um, MVP respect this year. Anthony Edwards and um, Kawhi Leonard. Facts. First of all, Kawhi Leonard the other day, I was, you know, Anthony Edwards, they've been first, Minnesota's basically been first place all year. Mm-hmm. Minnesota probably have some of the most impressive wins of the NBA season. Anthony Edwards is taking his game to another level in as far as being a player on the court and leading the team offensively and defensively. The fact that Anthony Edwards isn't in the top five for MVP rank, maybe he is. I don't know. I'll check MVP rankings because 
Christina ain't been on no MVP list. <laughs> I'm saying like, why do why do y'all think that's not? Why do y'all think he's not on people's MVP list? Because I mean, like you said, like Minnesota's been number one in the West for most of this most of this season. I think the conversation just got lazy because it gets so against people not wanting to not vote for people because they're gonna say it's voters fatigue, and then this gets over analytical. And it's been a two man race for the last three years that is easy to and you know, granted. Jokic is playing great as always. He's always going to average dang near a triple-double. Right. And B, what he was doing was on another level. He was going 30 in like 20 straight games, crazy. like 35. I get it. But it's so – just focusing on those two players, you're missing so much other stuff that's going on in the league. Like I said, Minnesota's been at the top of the league all year where ain't averaging 26 points per game. Okay, C's been top three all year. Shea is averaging 30 and two assists. I think, I think, if it, yeah, with two uh, steals, I think it finished that he had the highest scoring average to average two steals since like Iris since MVP year. And it ain't happened since then. Over the last blocks. like 35 games, the Clippers are like 30 and five, something like that. My record maybe a little off. Kawhi is averaging 27 on 50, 50, 90. Okay. He really look like the best player in the league right now. So okay. I think it's easy to just lock in on Jokic and Embiid before the injury because they've been dominating the race. Jokic got the championship, and you don't want to slight him because people start to feel slighted because they didn't want to vote him for three straight MVPs. It's like reverse voters fatigue, honestly. <laughs> We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not about being played, man. Jason Tatum, he could be in that conversation. Luca, there's not a two man race like his kind of that's a fact. That's a fact. But now, let me ask you this with Kawhi because I definitely agree. I think that he's been one of the best players this year, especially with that Clippers team. There's no question. I, I, I and even I was saying in the beginning when they, when they, when they had a quiet Harden, I was like, you got to run the offense through Kawhi. I think that he's your best offensive player. And with him doing that, you know, that's the reason why the Clippers are so good right now. But do you, do y'all think that it's, that is hurting him with the fact that he's playing next to those other all-star guys like PG, Russ, and Harden, as far as, you know, not him not being an MVP contention? I I think a little bit, yeah. I think voters do take your teammates into consideration and how good or how well they're playing. And this part is how good his teammates are perceived to be. Um, Paul George is still an all-star level player. Shout out to James Harden. I love all left-handed players because we're left-handed. James Harden, although while he might not be an all-star starter level, he's still a high-quality player. Russell Westbrook, if we want to keep it 100 right now, probably should be top two in six-man of the year race for what he does off the bench. Norman Powell as well. The Clippers realistically have two six-man of the year candidates with Westbrook and uh, Norman Powell. And I think that, you know, voters will – I think voters penalize certain players for that. And Kawhi looked at as a player – Already, um, with the um, what they call that thing when you sit out, uh, low management, yeah, low management, even though he has a serious knee injury that's gonna be a career thing. Like, you look at that, then you're like, oh, well, now he, had, of course, he's got to play all these games this year. Look at his team, so I think that does take away from Kawhi a little bit. And I think Kawhi playing games is hurting him because him playing don't give people nothing to talk about because he ain't excited. So when he sit out, it's a story. Right. But since he playing, the only time we really about. talked about the Clippers is when they first traded for James Harden and they were struggling because they hit they stride and it was like, all right, nothing to talk about no more. <laughs> and I, I think he, him being boring to people is kind of just making him be overlooked because 
Paul George is an all star. He's having a great. He's having a good year. He's all star clearly. Right. Kawhi is clearly their best player. James has had some big nights, but I look at some nights and he only had twelve points and five or six assists. Like Kawhi is leading them on both sides of the floor, but he does have the names of teammates and their, their team, especially when Westbrook made the mature decision to come off the bench. Their team is really well well balanced with having Westbrook and Norman Powell off the bench also. So I can see the team being a reason he could get overlooked a little bit. But I just think I just think he's getting overlooked because it's not much to talk about with him when he's playing because it's business as usual. <laughs> now, I think that's the other reason why we don't have why it's a two man race because I think that the NBA media voters are scared to have a boring MVP. Like, you know, you guys got to go with the best person that's hooping. Right. Absolutely. I really think they're not afraid of the consequences from NBA fans or NBA Twitter, but I do think they don't want a negative MVP race. Like, you already kind of get there with Joel and B getting put out of the second round last year. Um, even look at Steph's first MVP where it was like, it was a bit like Kawhi, it was a business as usual season for Steph and his team was number one seed in the West in the NBA, 60 wins, but it was like, did he really deserve MVP? Like, yes, shut up, stupid. So I think that I think they're just as much as like say reverse fatigue uh, reverse motor fatigue, scared of having a boring MVP because like not like Anthony Edwards averaging 30 or doing anything crazy. He's just having a good season. He's killing people in the mid-range. They don't want that. Like, they can't have a mid already dead the other night against the Clippers. Like you like, can't have a, he went one for eleven, and they still destroyed the Clippers. Up, he went one from eleven by the three point line. Still had like twenty six. Right, you know, it's, hey, it is what it is. So, but I mean, those those are two guys. Like, I mean, I'll be real. Those are two guys that I'm glad that y'all mentioned too, because I mean, those guys they be cutting, especially at least for me, especially Kawhi for me, because I mean, it's like it means like I say, you know, Kawhi. You know, people don't really understand his personality, so. You know they're not really gonna show him the love that he deserves, but Kawhi has been killing people like all year long, especially offensively. Like his offensive bag has been like none other, and I think that's what people need to take take into consideration too. It's just like you know his evolution offensively because even coming into the league, it was like you know he he had some offense, but you can see like his progression like you know throughout his career and even this year now with him being available. What's that? It's like why be putting moves on him? He do, bro. No, nah, I ain't gonna lie. Like, there, there was a baseline move that he hit. I think it was against Phoenix, like maybe like a month ago. I was like, bro, this motherfucker look like MJ for a second. I was like, hang on a minute. I'm like, hang on a minute, bro. This is crazy. But no, nah, but nah, I mean, Kawhi, Kawhi is nice, man. You know, like, like I said, I mean, I even said, you know, when the trader went down with James Harden, I said, no, nah, like they have to run their office through Kawhi. That's the only way that this team is going to be able to, to really thrive as, you know, as a collective. And I get it. You know what I'm saying? I know that this team has a lot of injury history. You know, a lot of these guys, like, Kawhi has had significant injuries. PG has had significant injuries. Harden has had hamstring injuries and such and such. But with this team not clicking together and with Kawhi leading the way, I think it's really big, man. So kudos to Kawhi. Kudos to Ant-Man as well because Ant-Man has been that focal point in Minnesota as far as, you know, why that why that team is a number one seed. And I get it. You know, I know that Cat had a 60-point game. I know that, you know, other guys have had good games as well. But that team is nowhere where where they could be right now without without the uh, the progression of Anthony Edwards, man. So. Kudos to him. Kudos to the Atlanta guy, man. <laughs> for sure, man. Seat sure. Geek is a proud sponsor for the love of the game. There's a lot of events that you don't want to miss, like the NBA All-Star Weekend, 
Drake and J. Cole just announced they're going on tour. And don't forget, March Madness is around the corner. Those events can be a little pricey, to say the least. However, you can save some money thanks to our show. For $20 off your first purchase, use code LOVEWITGBBALL for any order $50 or above. Yes, I know $20 may not be a lot, but it could potentially make a difference. Once again, that's code LOVEWITGBBALL. The code will be left in the bottom of the description. Now, let's get back into the episode. But now, man, to the next topic. Um, we can talk about two guys or two teams that didn't make any trades. They, you know, that got people talking. Two teams out in California, which is the Warriors and the Lakers, not making any trades. However, the Lakers did acquire Spencer Dinwiddie in a buyout. Uh, so how do y'all feel about that move? Uh, I think both those teams' front offices failed their superstar players. Um, especially the Warriors. Yeah, especially the Warriors. Uh, shot Golden State, I think they won what, five in a row now. Yeah. Um, I think they only have one loss since Draymond has been back. But they didn't improve the team at all. Um, I get – you know, these are our guys. We're going to ride. You know, this is what we're going with. You know, we when we get the best out of them, we're an NBA champion. This, that, and the third. But Kavon Looney minutes have been mad lagging. I don't know if he's hurt or not, but Kavon Looney is basically, you know, I don't know what he did to Steve Crow over the summertime, but Kavon Looney has basically been out of the lineup all year, which means they don't necessarily have another big in Dario Saric as your only big. I don't really like that. I ain't gonna lie, because he's not a center to begin with, so you already playing him out of position. Exactly. Kavon Looney for all of his um lack of athleticism because of you know injuries when he was younger. He was still a great rebounder, he's a good passer, good screener, really worked in that offense. So for them not to go get another big, especially when there was bigs on the market to be gotten. They were also a team who should have had, you know, made a run for Daniel Gaffer. Maybe they didn't have what Washington was looking for. As far as trade pieces, but Golden State should have definitely went after Gafford. Um, so right. yeah, Golden State just didn't. Golden State just didn't do what I was gonna say. They ain't doing enough. They ain't doing anything. And like I say, Steph, while he's still a great player, because of how the team is built and how you know how they you know how things are going right now, Steph has a lot of bad games because as you know, still as a primary shooter, that space isn't out there when you don't have people to space the floor for you. You know, Clay. You know, as a number two at this point, probably shouldn't be a number two. Andrew Wiggins has basically disappeared since the championship a couple of years ago. Draymond is Draymond, and he really, you know, to everybody's really admit, he's really on the decline faster than everybody else. But his role is so not unimportant, but he doesn't – offensively, they don't need him as much as he thinks they need him. So – He's in the way, so a lot of that slowing him down. Chris Paul, that was a terrible acquisition. We should have known from that moment that Golden State was a serious team this year. And the Lakers, I get it coming into the year. You know, if everybody's healthy, we're probably looking at the Lakers as a playoff team, honestly. But them not making any moves, them going to get another combo guard that needs the ball in his hand to be effective, rather that's playmaking, shooting, or scoring, especially them, Liddy. I don't think that really helps them much. And let's be real, let's be honest, like shout out to LeBron and what he's doing right now, but how long he going to want to keep doing this on teams like this? I think the whole point of him was coming to LA was he knew they could attract, you know, attract free agents. They can get players out here. Maybe he does start to take a minimum role on the team, even as a star, but he playing heavy minutes this year. And shout out to Anthony Davis for being in the lineup for mostly every game this year. But Thanks. they fell in those, they fell in those players right now. 
Yeah, I uh, I don't really care about the Dinwiddie move. I don't think that helps the Lakers. I think the Lakers' whole thing is they don't care about their seed. Pause. Like they, right? There's no once they get into the playoffs, you gotta beat LeBron and Anthony Davis four times in the seven game series, and they expect and they expect everybody to be healthy by then. So. But I was disappointed that they didn't do nothing. And even if it wasn't like a home run superstar, all-star hit, like just upgrading the role players. And like you already got Austin Reeves who thinks he should handle the ball all the time. D'Angelo Russell thinks he should handle the ball all the time. LeBron is the one that should handle the ball all the time. And they just added Spencer Denver who thinks he's better than all of them. I don't don't really know what the Lakers are going to do. And the Warriors – the Warriors is it, like I don't understand what they're doing either, and especially like with Clay coming out recently saying like he doesn't mind taking a reduced role. Like he knows that he's been hurt and stuff in the past. It's like I'm, I just don't understand what they're trying to do, and they didn't do anything at the buyout. Didn't make any trades. They just got GP two back from injury, but he seems like he's always hurt. Honestly, and I love GP, but he's always hurt nowadays since they got the championship so i just thought they should have did something to upgrade their roster because the warriors are barely even in the play-in i mean I don't, are they in the play-in sure probably since they don't been on this little street right but they both of these teams are veteran teams i give it the warriors they just won a championship two seasons ago so they're they they probably think they're closer than the lakers are but the lakers was in the conference finals last year so they both think they're right there. And the Lakers beat them in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Right. And I don't blame them for having the mindset of you got to beat Steph, LeBron, AD four times in a series. But is that really what you want to bank on right now? <laughs> like, you're what you're banking on is somebody's not going to be able to beat them in, in a series. And I just think that's a dangerous game to play at this stage in all of their careers, honestly. Couldn't agree more. Um, I'll just go ahead and say it. Like, I think for the Warriors, it's just trying to pull the trigger and just say, fuck it. You what know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just time at this point. And like I said, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say who's out. I ain't going to say who's coming in or whatever it is, but I'll be real. Like, I, and it's like, you know, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Because you want to keep those core three guys together Steph, Draymond, and Clay Thompson. But as long as they want to keep those hopes alive and keep that together i just don't think they're really going to accomplish anything i saw some reports um during the trade de- deadline day that the warriors were trying to acquire andre drummond i don't know how true that was or not but that would have been a pretty good addition especially what, what, what are you gonna say i'm gonna keep it real the bulls was never gonna make that trade <laughs> that was it, cause i mean cause I was really gonna be never gonna make that trade the bulls and made that thing, trade you know. in like five seasons like, and that's what we do because it's like what would that package look like like what is going to stay going to send over that's it, right? Like, and I just That's feel like Golden State should be more aggressive with trying to put another. Like, I've really been on this. I thought they should have been trying to trade for Lloyd Market. Like, he's what they need. He's seven footer. He can shoot, so he'll still be able to play with Steph. He's younger, and he wouldn't be look like you. You don't need him to be the best player on your team. And you add him to this team, he's gonna average twenty three to twenty five a game. And I see what they've been getting out of Kaminga recently. So 
I get why you hold on to Kaminga, but is is that gonna lead to you if you got Steph on this team, you're trying to play for championships. Exactly. Is gonna help you win a championship in the next couple of years, maybe. But I agree with you. It's it's trying to make some real changes there. Just I got a thought on that. Um, I think me and you talked about this before, but with Steve Kerr being there at the end of the Jordan Bulls years and he's saying how that went, and not necessarily that he's being sentimental and holding on to those players, but I think it's fair to say that Steve Kerr kind of wishes why you know Jordan trusts him on the court. Steve Kerr kind of has the same mindset as Jordan had as far as winning, and you gotta actually beat us for it. You know, like how many times can y'all beat us before it's like, all right, yeah, we done. And I think that's what you know a lot of people think is sentimental. And where I think is Steve Kerr saw the Bulls not have a chance to go out on their own, and they was you know because the front office they were kind of forced to go out, so he kind of wants like. Let's go until we can anymore, but you still have to improve the team somewhere. Exactly. Like somebody. Somebody. Right? <laughs> like anything, anybody at this point that's not named Chris Paul. And that's and that's the thing too, because I, I can understand, you know, Jordan Poole had to go, you know, especially, you know, with everything that took place last season, you know, even before the last uh even before last season when him and Draymond had the incident. So I can understand that, you know, it was time to move on from that situation. But I mean, and look, I mean, Chris Paul. I'm not going to say Chris Paul has been bad for the team, but it's not. It's not a move that that's going to help them win a title. Like that's that's where I'm at with it. Like I think I think when he has been on the court, especially when he's in those closing lineups with Steph and Clay and those guys, I thought that he played pretty well. Even with the second unit, I thought that he played pretty well. But but you know, that's still not a move in my opinion that's going to help him win a title and everything. So that's that's just really what is that. I mean, it seems like Steph is kind of a one man show. Um, the play situation. Was that? I say now nah, he is most nice. Yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, I mean, hell, I mean, hell, I mean, I mean, when you drop sixty against the Hawks and you still lose, I mean, it's not really. Good. <laughs> I'm just gonna call it what it is. But and with Clay, I mean, the situation with Clay is like you know it's unfortunate, and you know with the injuries and everything. But I'm glad. I'm honestly glad that he came out with that statement. You know, saying that you know that he wants to reduce role because I think now he understands that he's not the same guy. And I think over the past few years, he's been trying to find himself as that guy that he once was. But I think he's finally coming to terms that he's not once that guy anymore before the ACL injury, before the Achilles tear, when he was a crucial part of the Warriors winning titles back in 26 or 2017, 18 or whatever year it was. So I'm, so I'm finally glad that he's finally coming to, or coming open to that pause. Um, but as far as for the Lakers, uh, I don't know. They're in a weird position because – D'Angelo Russell has been playing out of his mind as a recent, like right before all the trade deadline stuff went down. Um, so I guess maybe for Rob Lincoln, those guys, I guess they may have found it impossible to trade him at that moment. But I don't know. I feel like the, a healthy Laker team, like they can still make some noise trying to get into the playoffs, but I don't know what's next for them after that, honestly. Like, I mean, the Dinwiddie trade, you know, it's cool. You know, he's a valuable player, but it's not really like – it's not really a move that's going to move the needle. Like, you know, it's not It's not one that's going to say, oh, man, like, oh, yeah, now the Lakers title chances are you know, <laughs> So that's that's something that I'm big on, too. But I don't know. It seems like both of these teams, you know, it seems like since their title years, they kind of been on the on the decline. Say that again? They just coasting. They're going to live like, off their superstars until their superstars gone. And that's the thing, too, because these guys are 34, 35. LeBron's pushing 40. He'll be 40 by the end of this year. Right. So, like, and I get it. You know what I'm saying? They're all still playing at a high level, but, you know, you still got to get through an 82-game regular season. And then on top of that, you want these guys to produce 
in the NBA playoffs and help you win titles. I just think that people just got to be realistic, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, don't get me wrong. They're all playing great. And, you know, and it's incredible to see them still playing at a high level at this stage in their career. But at the end of the day, they still got to have the right roster to stroke a number in the title. That's, that's just my two cents. Yeah. But let's go ahead and move on, man. Uh, we talked about, or I think you guys briefly touched on Atlanta uh, a little earlier, but there's been some rumors that came about. I don't know. I can't remember exactly who reported it, but there, there were some rumors that came about that the Hawks prefer to keep DeJounte and possibly trade Trey Young. So <laughs> as as people who live in the city, you know, what are y'all thoughts on that situation? As I was, I've been saying that's what they're going to do for two years now, and it don't make no sense. <laughs> for one, you can't trade Trey Young off the strength of you trade it. Luca for Trey Young. Trey ain't going nowhere at all. But I've been listening to a lot of I listen to a lot of talk radio, and it's a good amount of people who kind of get that feel of. It's been a lot of people calling in saying that they think that that they possibly should move on from Trey, um, which is crazy. But one person did have a good point about it. It's been a lot of talk about Trey being disrespected and him not making the all-star game and the Hawks are not even in the play in. And it's like the talk has been more about him being disrespected than the team being terrible. <laughs> um, yeah. But with that being said, you can't trade Trey to build around DeJounte Murray. It just don't make no sense. One Trey is younger, Trey's better. DeJounte has never been as good as Trey was his rookie year right so that that really just don't even make sense honestly trey is the right person and overall that's just a few people and people are just having their knee-jerk reactions right now but trey really does get love throughout the city like he he the kids love him here um he does a lot for different foundations and stuff here so he does get a lot of love here but it has been a little talks about well should they trade him and, and most of the people who do think that they should trade him just think that Atlanta should just go in this complete rebuild but I don't think they need to rebuild I think they need to reset and they need to be aggressive in some of their moves like they've had trades over the last couple of years that they just haven't done like they had a deal for Carl Anthony Towns over the summer they had a deal for Pascal when I'm gonna keep saying it when Kevin Durant was available the Nets wanted John Collins they didn't even call them like do something whether it works or not i'm like sorry said, but you you gotta make that happen in a heartbeat they gotta tell you they gotta tell you no like they gotta tell me no and like i said with with the luca thing whether dallas has won or not you've seen them make moves to try to win try to mm -hmm. get this try to get Kyrie, and then the moves over the summer it's like they're doing something what the atlanta traded for Dejounte murray i'm not gonna act like that's not them trying, but at the same time, when they traded for DeJounte Murray the same summer, Donovan Mitchell was available. Like I said, KD got traded that time. So it's like it was yeah, a Rudy Gobert was available. Go, it, it was bigger moves that could have been made, but they it just seems like our teams in Atlanta, they settled for the here we did something type of move opposed to trying to really be, be in the action because DeJounte was a solid player and it was a good move, but was DeJounte Murray really going to make the Hawks a championship contender? He's a good player, but, like, that didn't make sense. Now, if you added DeJounte and then you made one of those other moves because who knows what De 
because the moves with Pascal and Carl Anthony Towns, they were without DeJounte being included. So who knows what Cat, DeJounte, and Trey looks like? Who knows right. what Pascal, DeJounte, and Trey looks like? Sure. It's just you got to try to do it. So I'm I'm against them trying to trade for tr- trying to trade Trey unless it's to get Anthony Edwards. I'm all for that. Um, but I think that you got Trey, you got Jalen Johnson. They can't be afraid to trade these other players and bring in people to compete. It's like you already got the guy. Now put some people around the guy that makes sense. And Jalen Johnson is really good. We've seen him develop this year. And he he's going to be – as they up his uh, the, his usage and stuff like that, you're going to see his numbers keep going up. Like he might average 20 in the next couple of years, um, maybe even by next year because they're going to give him more responsibility. Thanks. But Atlanta has to make a move. You got Jalen. Jalen's more of a four. I feel like they need to make a move for a wing guy that can get a bucket that Trey can still handle the ball, but at the end of the day, you know to pass that man the ball to go score. And DeJounte was never like his he, – he's scoring here, but it's not like he's a 25-point-per-game scorer or a 6'10 player. He's a 6'4 guard that averages 19 to 21 points per game. That's not going to make Trey a 27-point-per-game <laughs> player and give him the ball. I average more points and assist than you. Why should I let you handle <laughs> my basketball? <laughs> like, for real. So, trade, trade should not be traded. The Hawks' management is incompetent, and it's been that way for a long time. Like, our owners live in three different places which is stupid as hell. One guy's in D.C., one guy's in New York, the other team is here. Oh, that's Part of it is ran by Grant Hill. Like, he's worried about Olympic He's worried about Olympic basketball. He don't care about us right now. He's trying to pick the team. So the, we, we had Travis Slink, and then all of a sudden Landry Fields is the GM. And, like, so stuff is just kind of all over the place with the Hawks. But if you trade Trey, that would be all-time bad just because just off of the strength of you traded Luca Pimp. You've already the whole thing was everybody thought the trade was even because you got Trey and Cam. Cam Reddish was a draft pick that they got in the Luca thing. Well, I right, Cam is gone. Now if you trade Trey, that really looks bad. Like everybody gotta go if Trey Young gets traded. That's that's where I'm at with it too. Like if you decide to trade Trey Young, then you might as well just rebuild. You know what I'm saying? Because and I, I like DeJounte and I, I want to say last time I checked the stats, he was shooting like a career high or something like that. I, I have to go back and look, but even then, I don't I don't see DeJounte being a franchise player. Like I don't see him I don't see them trading Trey Young and then letting DeJounte run the uh, run the team and then that team just automatically elevating as like one of the top contenders in the Eastern Conference. Like, I don't see that happening whatsoever. And I'm offended I'm a I'm a fan of DeJounte. I love the fact that he's improved on offense and then on top of that we already know what he brings with his on ball defense and his perimeter defense and everything, but I just don't think he has that effect as far as really being a franchise guy. If that was the case, that he should have stayed in San Antonio, but obviously that situation didn't work out. But I, I, I will say this, man. You know, I, I have been on on record saying that, you know, maybe it is time for the Hawks to just move on from this whole situation because, I mean, when you look at it, you know, they got to the conference finals in 2021, and then after that has been playing, 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 you know, ever since. And it just doesn't seem like there's been really any progression with this team, you know, since that conference finals year. I mean, it was a great year and everything, but you know, it hasn't really been much progress ever since then. But I, I definitely, I definitely agree with you guys. Um, I think getting a key wing player, like a key wing who could be a shot creator, is definitely big. I mean, Bogdanovich has been that, you know, he's shown flashes of that, but 
I don't know, DeAndre Hunter, I think he's still a great player, but he definitely hasn't he definitely hasn't lived up to his expectations on what many people projected him to be. And even a guy like Sadiq Bey, you know, who I think is solid as well, but I don't know if he's the guy that many people projected him to be, you know, once he got traded to Atlanta. So I don't know. I mean, there's, I, mean I think there's a lot of retooling to do with, with Atlanta, you know, as far as, you know, as far as where this team could go. But as far as trading Trey Young and keeping DeJounte, I don't know. I don't know who reported that. And I don't know whose idea that was, but I'm sorry. But that, that's what I just that's wild. And it's funny. The Hawks said before we move on, the Hawks are in a funny position where realistically they can't trade either one of them. Not because, you know, they can't find moves for them, but like you said, because of the Trey Luka connection, you kind of got to hold on to Trey. And I'm not going to lie, you just can't trade DeJounte Murray after you trade the four first-round picks for this guy. Like, the Hawks are in a terrible position as far as trying to make a move with one of those players. Like, they got to hold on to both of them. The team's just going to be mediocre for five years. Really mediocre. They're going to start looking like the Bulls. It's crazy. Oh, they're going to turn to the Bulls real quick. Yeah. It's, it's, the Bulls lead the league in attendance. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Is that a real stat? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Bulls lead the league. They, they lead the NBA in attendance this year. <laughs> That's, That's why they don't care about making no moves. Like, the people are going to show up. Exactly. And they they really do support this team. I've been seeing a lot of Bulls fans. Yeah, on, the support on shout out to Chicago fans. Like, nah, they for sure. Like, they, they some loyal fans because they, like, even with all the struggles that they go through, like, those those fans show out. And they, yeah, they stand behind the players. Like, you you can't say nothing about a guy like Kobe yeah, White. When, when it happens. Nobody's gonna be able to call nobody in the city of Chicago a bandwagon fan. That's true. Nobody's gonna be able to say, "Oh, y'all just started watching basketball in 2020, whatever." Like, nah, we was here when we were bad, Playboy. Right. We was here. We was here. Nah, that's a fact, man. But we'll just have to see where the Hawks go from here on out, man. Um, it's it's a very interesting situation. I can't really put my finger on it, but you know, we'll just have to see where it goes, especially you know, especially with the summer coming up, but. Before we get out of here, let's talk about NBA All-Star Weekend that's coming up. Um, I think one of the highlights of the weekend is going to be the three-point contest. Obviously, with Stephen Curry um, participating, but then we also got WNBA player Sabrina Ionescu, who's going to go up against him in the um, three-point shootout. So how do you guys feel that's going to turn out? Because I've already I've already mentioned it in one of the earlier episodes. I'm like, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Sabrina. Everybody knows that I cover the W, but let, okay. let's just keep it real. Like, <laughs> Let's keep it real. All right. So I guess my first, not my first question, my first thought on it, I guess Sabrina was the previous uh, three-point shootout contest. Mm-hmm. She was, yeah. All-Star, All-Star weekend. But what if Steph doesn't win the NBA three-point contest? Like, who's already said that he's the three-point contest, the champion to go against her? I guess he, I get he's Steph Curry. He's the best shooter. But dang one last year. Exactly. Yeah, so who decided that it gets to be Steph? And uh, my other thing, I know. This one doesn't get because this one hasn't been said a lot, so it doesn't get a lot of pushback on it. But I'm definitely one of those people. This is fresh idea. I'm never gonna take credit for for idea that's not mine. I thought that's not mine. This is fresh thought, original thought. This is something that they could do every year if they just make the best. Like every basketball season aligns up except the WNBA, college basketball, women and men's at the same time. NBA, most most foreign leagues right now, like. It's some summer league, but the WNBA is the only major professional amateur basketball 
that's not played during the during fall the season, and yeah. spring. And I said, no, they don't have to go from November to July like the men, but line it up to where y'all all start. They can line up to where the All Star Weekend is the same. That way, the TV month, the TV deal is definitely benefits them that way too because it's gonna be added into it. Like it's. Shout out to you, Nick. Shout out to all the people that cover the WNBA and they cover it to where they're trying to get actually generate interest into it. Right. It's not my lane, so I'm not being disrespectful. <laughs> or nothing. I'm not. I'm dead serious. But no, no, you're good. Go ahead. They because I've heard a couple of WNBA players come out and say Kelsey Plum is the one I can think of off the top of my head, but I know a lot of them now are under. We don't want the salary. We want the um, the revenue split. Y'all can get the revenue split if y'all have those TV deals and a lot of y'all, Nick Andre, you was one of them. You know, y'all consider the WNBA the NBA as one thing. And as Fresh said recently, like, it should just be one thing. Now you have to get included in this 10-year, umpteen billion dollar TV deal to where now you can start generating that revenue share. You can start, maybe we can start manipulating some stuff in the WNBA PA to where it's like, all right, Y'all can't afford private jets or better traveling accommodations. Y'all can afford better insurance plans because women do get pregnant. Um, just, just you know, I think that'll just make something simpler and better as far as, okay, now we can actually start to see that money because realistically that's where a lot of NBA money comes from is that they split the revenue 50-50. I know the owners don't necessarily like it at this point, but they ain't finna go against it either. Right. I mean, at one point, the players, they got a bigger share of the revenue before the last two or three. Uh, remember the lockout? That's when it yeah. changed because the players, yeah, yeah, I remember that. players exactly. were getting like 54% of it, and the owners kind of shifted because the TV deal is about to go up so much. But yeah, I think. Like it, I, I get why they're they're doing it because the Sabrina, the Sabrina, the Sabrina Steph thing. First of all, Sabrina is a star, and I'm glad that her game is starting to catch up with the notoriety because we all know that Sabrina got an extra push from the beginning, from coming out of Oregon, being a Nike athlete, having connections with Kobe and Steph. Thanks. She was a phenomenal college player, so she got a, and then going to New York, she got a huge push, but having such a huge push when she started off kind of struggling it made it easier for people to talk trash about her and they had changes went to the finals she an all-star like she she showed why it was you know it was earned she earned all of the you know what people thought that she was just being given before so i think it's a good idea and it's a good way to market it's a good way to market the league but i do think that the league, the WNBA should look at that serious switch, especially with so much talent in the league now and what's about to come into the league. And yeah, they, I mean, they, they got a lot to work on, especially like expansion is definitely one thing because there's too much right. talent that's about to come in. Expansion quicker that way. And, yeah. and remember, I can always remember uh, the WNBA being a part of the NBA also. Yeah, they were. I mean, they, I mean, honestly, yeah, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, skills challenge, all that. Yeah. yeah, so I think it would be cool to see it done more and i think if they schedules align it could be done a lot more so it's gonna be a major event i think steph is gonna win but sabrina can shoot the ball and she like she her did. her release is made for like shooting contests like she's just fired exactly. steph too so it's, it's gonna be a good one for sure 
And I think that's a thing, too, when you take into consideration, you know, the three-point contest, because sometimes it's not always just, like, the best shooter. Like, I think I think that's what it is, right. is that people will look at, you know, people who win the three-point contest yep. and say, oh, yeah, they're the best shooter. It's really just all about timing and release, honestly, because I'll be real. I mean, you know, especially with me covering the W, there's a lot of players that are – I wouldn't say a lot of players. I mean, there are a few players that I would consider a best shooter than Sabrina, but it's also about release. Like, you know, there was a player – um, in the WNBA three-point contest that many many people thought would win, but, you know, her shooting is way too slow. Like, you know what I'm saying? She couldn't even get past, I think, like the fourth the fourth rack. So, yeah. you know, like, I think I think all that goes into play. But, I mean, honestly, I'll be real. I mean, for those who watched Sabrina put on a show last year or this past year, this past summer uh, during the three-point contest, and, I mean, it was just incredible to watch. I think she only missed, like, one or two shots, which is crazy. So, now she's going up against Steph, and I know, you know, the women are – you know, riding for the female, you know, like, you know, looking for them to win. But I, I think we just got to be realistic, you know, whenever we, whenever we, you know, whenever we have this conversation of uh, Steph Curry is the greatest shooter we have ever seen in our lifetime. Man, um, woman or alien, Steph is exactly. the best shooter ever. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's already a multiple time three point shooting champion. So with this, with this going on, I, I, I mean, I know people may consider him, you know, to take it light. I don't think he's going to take it light. I think he's going to approach this just like if he's approaching another NBA player. So I think I think I think Steph's gonna definitely easily win this one for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm going Steph. I got Steph. No, yeah, for sure. And another thing, this could also open up more eyes for the WNBA as well. So like I said, this exactly. is a good idea. This is one of those things that is a good idea. They should just figure out how do we do this more. Like what's exactly. the like what's the easiest logistical way to do this more? That's exactly. But now let's talk about the dunk contest because, you know, that's that's kind of an event that, you know, many NBA fans, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say that it hasn't been exciting, but it's not one that that people really get hype up for like they did, you know, in the past decades or so. But we got Mac McClung, Jalen Brown, Jalen Toppin, and um, I always forget saying this guy's name uh, from the Heat, um, Haquez yeah, yeah. Jr. Jaime Haquez. Haquez Jr. So. Yeah. How y'all feel about the dunk contest? Because now you're featuring the reigning champion from last year, Mac McClone. But we do have an all-star now this year, and Jalen Brown participating, which is big. So how do y'all feel about the dunk contest this year? Um, I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't even want to – the NBA dunk contest, uh, no disrespect to none of the players in it. If I had to pick one right, player right now to win it, it would probably be Jalen Brown. I I'll probably like, too. Either him, or, either him or Mac McClone, but I'm picking Jalen Brown. But – I feel like because the NBA dunk contest is so void of having a marquee name, like shout out to Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown isn't necessarily a marquee name, though. Like when you think of big, yeah. big picture, I think the NBA dunk contest has been so void of having a marquee veteran all-star or a young, exciting player in it. Like Ja wasn't in it. Zion didn't enter it. LeBron has never been in it. Um a whole list of players like shout out to Zach Levine for doing shout out to Aaron Gordon. Um, that really built you know, that helped build them to who they are today, as far as who they you know, their respect on NBA courts. Um, but I think Doug Cuts is lacking just it's crazy how much name. it's crazy how if we say these are the top six shooters in the NBA, all six of them might be in a three point shootout. We say these are the four players we want to see in the dunk contest. They won't even show up for All Star until it's time for All Star game practice if they're in All Star weekend. So it's like right. we had also was one of those conversations we just had around the house. Shout out LeBron and everything he's done for the NBA globally, uh, domestically, 
this, that, and the third. Him never entering a slam dunk contest and being so nuts. He dropped the ball on that. All-star, like, just all-star weekend in general, like, the game. I think that did affect how some of these younger players approach it. And it's like, if LeBron doesn't have to do it, even though I'm not LeBron, why would I do it if LeBron ain't got to do it? Especially since he always speaks to how he's a historian of the game and stuff like that. Like, no, the dunk contest doesn't matter in the grand scheme it of does matter because career. it's a part of the entertainment of the NBA. No, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I, I get that. It's just like nobody's going to even know get brought up. It's like that's one thing. It's like you have that. That's something you hold on to as far as the NBA, your NBA legacy. But I'm just saying as far as bigger scheme, it's like nobody's going to say, oh, you're not a top five player because you don't have a dunk contest. Be enjoying exactly <laughs> Kobe's. They, they, they mentioned it. No, they do. It's like we not that we not. You you factor in Doc contest with Jordan being number one player ever. Yeah, I know Jordan got two and LeBron got zero. <laughs> Put that into consideration. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. There. I'm not even gonna watch the Doc contest. Nah, like, I, I, I appreciate Jalen Brown for being in the Doc contest, but I don't want to see two G leaguers in the Doc contest. They're not NBA players. No disrespect to them, but I don't want to see. I don't it. even want them in the round. I, I watched the I watched the highlights the next morning. Honestly, but I'm I don't I don't plan on watching the dunk contest this year. I'm pretty sure I didn't watch it last year. Like like I said, with the three point shootout, they show up because everybody know that people miss a shot. So I guess it's not as embarrassing to miss the three point to lose the three point shootout. But like you said, with, with LeBron, he was really one of the first superstars that didn't do it. Like they've all did it. We know the names. They've all done it. And LeBron was the one that. Didn't do it. Said he was gonna do it, and then didn't do it, and that's led to other players not wanting to do it. And what's so crazy about people like LeBron? Like, go back and look at it's a different time, but go back and look at Jordan dunks. It's not that the dunks are overly extravagant. It's who is doing it and him executing. He got a fifty from jumping from the free throw line after he missed jumping from the free throw line. He and then there's like all the accessories too, like the gold chain when he went up there. It's like it's all it's right. everything plays a part in it. All LeBron gotta do is go out there, throw it up, do his tomahawk dunk. He gonna get fifties. So what do you? How you give him a forty five when the crowd is going crazy? It it won't happen. But exactly. He, it, I think as a younger player, he didn't want that pressure. And then after so long, it's like. Now I'm getting older. Now I can't do it, honestly. So um, I think that needs to change, though. Shout out to Jalen Brown for being intentional about trying to do it because that's what it's about, too. Because Shout out to Jalen Brown, who's the most intentional NBA player right now. Like Jalen Brown does yeah. stuff that NBA players should do. Because whether these players think it matters or not to all the, the playoffs, is the only thing that matters, people. This is just a weekend for the fans. It is a weekend for the fans, and that's how they generate the money. That's why the league is what it is, and that's what former players did to draw buzz for the next players. And if you start treating it like it's irrelevant, how many more people are going to feel like me and be like, I ain't watching the dunk contest? Remember the conversations of, oh, let's just put the three-point contest last. And then when they get rid of the dunk contest, it's going to be like, oh, it ain't no more dunk contest because you got to have these players to keep drawing the interest. So I think and something when you hurt, you hurt. But going forward these next couple of years, like Zion, Ja, Anthony Edwards, they need to be intentional about being in the dunk contest. Like they, those are the stars of the league. They need to do it. They they should do it. Just do it once. Like do it and lose. T Mac lost. 
It happens. Exactly. I mean, like it's like, bro. I I, I don't know. Maybe this is me, but I'm not going. I'm not going to hold it against you if you lose a dunk contest. Like you know what I'm saying? I, I I don't care. Like you know what I'm saying? I mean, it would be cool to see guys like LeBron win it, but even if LeBron did it and he lost. I mean, it would have been like, dang, like, you know what I'm saying? Because LeBron's known as, like, one of the greatest dunkers. But I'm also not going to be like, you know, especially now with him being in year 21, like, oh, dang, like, he participated in 05. And he lost. Imagine if you were the one in year 21. That would be crazy. Right. Jordan didn't win in year 21. And with players like LeBron turning down, he's hurt this year. But that's like, it make it easy for somebody like Shaden Sharp last year to be like, nah, I ain't going to do it. I'm going to take this time to rest. What you resting for? Y'all terrible. Go (laughs) into this nut contest, drop the bird for yourself. Like, Be- become a star so overnight. Pick up endorsements as well. Like, yeah, so I think the players need to take it more intentional. They need to stop being nonchalant about trying to continue to push the game forward because also weekend is a way to push the game forward. And the laziness need to go away from the all-star. We see it in the game. We see it in the dunk contest. They need to just be excited about doing it. Bring some excitement back to it. But yeah, I'm not watching this year, so I'll watch the highlights the next morning. <laughs> nah, but uh, let me let me ask you this real quick. Like, do y'all feel like there's like an overall problem now with All Star Weekend? Like, you know, especially with fans not really getting as excited. I mean, it, it's it's still an exciting event every year, but I mean, and I, I'm sure I'm sure that y'all can agree with this too. But it's like it's not the same feeling as it once was, like back maybe like five, ten years ago. Right. At least to me. And it's like we we get a good game every couple of years, like we get a good game every couple of years. The last good game was when they first went to the Kobe score game. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was, that was twenty twenty in Chicago. Yeah. So that, that, that was the last good game, in my opinion. Yeah, so I, I think we, it just goes through those phases of getting nonchalant, and the All Star game kind of fell back a little bit when Wade broke Kobe's nose. So then yeah. people were a little bit afraid to play a little bit more aggressively. But I think the players just got to – I've heard plenty of players say they peep the vibe of the game. And when you come in and you see people like – not even that you're not trying hard, but like when you just really don't care, it's like, all right, we ain't doing that tonight. And the vibe just sticks there. And now you can't turn it on in the fourth quarter. A lot of times the All-Star game is typically good in the first quarter and the fourth quarter. Nobody cares about the second and third. Do whatever. Exactly. Think the third quarter is for the fans. So lives, no defense. Have your shooting contests. Like do that in the second and third quarter. You want to see an intense first quarter, and you want to see a good finish. And we're just not seeing that from quarter one through four. The last couple. No, I definitely. I definitely. Go ahead. I'm saying I think I think that's the thing too. Is like you know I just think people just got to take more pride in it too because I'm thinking about like 01 all-star game or 02 all-star game where, you know, where we saw like really a competitive battle, you know what I'm saying? Whether it was Kobe or AI or T-Mac or Vince or Dirk or whoever it was, you know, it was just, I don't know. It was just, I think people took pride in it. And it was like, you know, you wanted to show that, you know, yep. that, y'all, that y'all were the best conference in the, uh, in the NBA. And I feel like now it's like, you know, it's all about, okay, like, you know, let's, let's just like show off our skills. So, you know, let's, let's, let's put up some flashy, dunk, like, like, let's put up some flashy dunks and all that. And it's like there's no defense at all. Like I remember there was one year, I think it was that year when uh with IT Isaiah Thomas was going crazy with Boston. And I remember um I remember I think he was like at the top of the key and like they just left the lane open just to like just to let him try to attempt to dunk the ball. And I'm like uh-huh. and I get it, you know what I'm saying? IT five nine. So it was like, you know, I know that a lot of a lot of people thought that you know his chances of dunking the ball were like like kind of slim to none, but it's like still like you know what I'm saying, like you can't just allow like an easy bucket like that, and everybody just like everybody just moving out the way to watch like you know what i'm saying like so i think 
I think that competitive edge is like is what's taken out of it. And I think that that's something that that needs to be added back. I mean, they tried it in 2020 in Chicago when it, when they did go to that target score, and you could tell like you know both teams really wanted to win it, but. I don't know. It seems like, you know, since then, you know, it just hasn't been the same. And, you know, I get it. And I, I give credit to, you know, to Adam Silver and the rest of the NBA for trying to find ways to make it more interesting. Like, even now this year, you know, they went back to the East-West format. So we'll see how that goes. Like that. But at the end of the day, you know, it still has to be the players, too, that go out there and, you know, still show the effort as well. No, for sure. I definitely agree with that. It's definitely on the players. I don't think there's anything else Adam Silver or anybody in the NBA front office can do. Uh, even players have said it's on the players. <laughs> even they know it. Like once again, fair or unfair. Like it definitely goes back to uh, Wade breaking Kobe's nose, but I also think it goes back to LeBron's being nonchalant and unintentional about what All Star Weekend is. Once again, it's one of those things where it gets to go on your resume. People will always say, you know, so, you know, he has All Star Game MVP on his resume, but. What records does he have for the All-Star game? Like, does LeBron have any All-Star game records? I think he has the most points now. He has the most points. Yeah, I think he has the most points. Like, like just, in, yeah, just in a single game. Like oh, in a LeBron single game. Uh, I don't think so. Like, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. I know most points is like, I think Russ or AD has it. Something like that. I know they both went for like 50 one time in All-Star game. You would think a player like LeBron, who has always spoken on, you know, how he's a past first player. Who's a great that great passing vision, probably one of the best playmakers in the NBA of all time. You would think at least once he would have went for the assist record. Right. I mean, that's true. I mean, and he's played with a lot of great lob threats. All and of them. He played with Steph, like I say, he played with lob threats. He's played with you know, he's this also game. He's played the best of the best are on the court at the same time. And Thanks. you know, you as a like I said, he himself has spoken on how he's the past first player. You would think this would be your time to really show that, and he hasn't really like he don't like he could just be a little more intentional about it. That's just the word we're gonna use for All Star Weekend for these players. Like they can be more, more intentional. intentional with their basketball during All Star Weekend. I get it. This is basically Ambassador Weekend. Got to talk to corporate sponsors and brand meetings and this, that, and the third. But it's still about basketball at the end of the day. Exactly. It's still basketball. You know what I just thought of? You know, a guy that could really bring back that feeling pause. Um, Ant Man. I feel Ant-Man. like you know oh, him, oh, him being in the All Star yeah. game boy. Because I feel I feel like he's real competitive. It's gonna have to be a young player. It's gonna have to be a young player too. Oh, because the only vet that because you know, he's spoken on it. Like KD is one of the few vets who really be trying to, but nobody if nobody else is gonna do is like all right, whatever. But saying, right, he bro. ain't played in the last All Star game because he hurt. So yeah, it's true. KD, so yeah, it's going to be a young player. So maybe we get SGA trying to show out this year, and that That's true. leads to some other things. No, I agree. Even on the East, you know, Halliburton. I think that this is his yeah. first or second one of those years. Um, like I, would, Maxie, like, I would like to see Halliburton go for the assist record. Right that yeah. that could happen. I think that could happen, especially now with him being healthy. Now, I think I think that it could definitely happen. So, that, I mean, that that is true. I think people got to look to stand out in the all-star game, you know, like having those point records or having those assist records, you know, people, I think people should approach the game having the mindset of saying like, Hey, I want to be the best player. You know, I want to be the one that leads the team to win, whatever it is. So, so I think, I think that's something that people just got to take into consideration as well. But before we get out of here, let me ask, you know, East versus West, you know, y'all already saw the rosters. Who y'all got winning this, this weekend? East versus West. Uh, man. Um, 
West. Easy win. <laughs> Easy win for the West. No, nah, yeah, the West is stacked down this year. Everybody plays. Luca's getting his first MVP. I can see that. I honestly that that's probably gonna happen. Like I think Luca's gonna be the standout guy in this whole thing. But no, nah, I mean the West, the West is loaded. The West is loaded. We can talk about all the Spectacular players that they got. I mean, the East, the East is good too, but I don't think the talent is good too. But like the West is crazy. Like, yeah, I'm saying like you know the talent, the talent in the East, in my opinion, just doesn't match up to what's out West. And I mean, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, yeah, it's true. And without him, beat too. That that's another crucial loss as well. So you know, at the end of the day, man, you know, I'm just hoping for a good All Star game, man. And, you know, let's just see, let's just see, you know, how this game comes about, but. My guys, Fresh, Dell, I appreciate y'all for coming on, man. It's always a pleasure having you guys, man. Let the people know where to find you, man, and where to find your work and everything. Oh, yeah, for sure. Appreciate you for having us, Nick. You know, as always, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Do your Googles. Search the Hoopers Pod. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Hoopers Pod. Uh, shout out to the Author Ball Network. Thanks. You know. Anywhere, anywhere podcast available. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anywhere podcast available, just search the Hoopers pod. That's a fact, man. Y'all heard it first, man. Check out the Hoopers, man. They just dropped a new episode, too. That was a dope episode, by the way. You know, definitely pre- uh, definitely enjoy that episode. But make sure to tune in, man. They drop episodes frequently, man. Um, follow us on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. I love the TGB ball. Follow myself and Nick on the ATR. Appreciate all the supporters. And until next time, y'all. This is peace. peace.